myself permission to believe that it's possible for me. I think that's a big thing that we see that other people are living these lives and maybe have this awareness on our periphery that that owning your own business exists or that hosting your own events exists. But I think the disconnect is us believing that it's possible for us. Welcome to the Spiritual Shiftworker Podcast. I'm Lyanne, and I'm so happy that you've pressed play today. This podcast is here to inspire you, but more importantly, to provide you with the tools you may need in order to make a shift in any area of your life. Whether it's a small shift or a big shift, I will be sharing real-life stories from incredible humans who have done both. And of course, as a shift worker, we will navigate all the ups and downs of working shifts, from nutrition to learning how to ditch the overwhelm, to creating more time to do the things that light you up. So grab that Java, sit back, and enjoy. Welcome back, beautiful souls, to another episode of the Spiritual Shipworker Podcast. Thank you so much for pressing play this week. I appreciate you all so, so very much. And I'm excited. I'm really, as I always say, I, but I tell you every time I re-listen to the episodes that are coming out with my guests, I, I smile because I always, we always end up having such great, great conversations. And this conversation is really, really cool because Sarah, my guest, uh, and I have a lot in common and we are in a, a community together where people are building their dream lives and we are no exception. So Sarah is a profitable events coach and as a CEO, podcast host and founder of Live Event Academy, Sarah has spent the last two decades helping digital CEOs produce successful events with more guests, higher profits and zero overwhelm. Sarah is a Midwesterner living in the Pacific North where she loves outdoor adventures, chasing sunsets, and great food. Honestly, go follow Sarah on IG because she is always showing like beautiful nature adventure walks, the ocean, um, and you will just, just love what she has to share. The biggest thing about this podcast episode this week is how Sarah and I both have been transformed by being and getting ourselves in the damn room. I've talked about this before on the podcast and it really, really is so powerful. And I think that's why, um, one of the reasons why Sarah does what she does and how she helps digital CEOs bring live events to life because we both know, and she knows very much how, how powerful they are. So, Put yourself in the room sooner, sooner than later. And if you are a CEO, business owner, wanting to host any type of virtual event, you are going to want to touch base with Sarah. So grab that Java and let's get started. Good morning, Sarah. How are you? Good morning. I'm outstanding. And I know. And I just said before we hit record that this is early for you, so I appreciate it and love that you are up early while you're out on the West Coast. Oh, well, I'm happy to be here. Great. So um, before we get started, I just sort of like to give uh, my listeners a bit of an idea on how I know my guests. Mm -hmm. And I think it's 
um, as always, I believe that the universe brings us the people that we need in our lives. And I found you through uh, Robin Kim's community, which I've spoken about before on the podcast. So I'm super grateful for that. And I found like just through our conversation that we've had, we have a lot in common. And I love that so much, right? Distance means nothing these days where Zoom does amazing things to be able to connect us all. So I would love for you to introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you are currently excited about in this season of your life. Yeah, so I'm Sarah Faefer. I'm in Portland, Oregon. I'm a wife and a mother and an entrepreneur and I help digital CEOs produce profitable events. It's my favorite thing, events. And I, if if you could, I'll indulge, if you want to indulge with a little story here at the beginning, I'll share how I got started with events. So, well, going to events actually. So I had been producing events for probably 15 plus years before I went to an event and paid with my own money and wanted to be there and was just just so thrilled. And I was sitting in a personal development event uh, put on by Brendan Burchard. And the room was filled with a couple thousand other people who also paid their own way and wanted to be there. We're so thrilled about it. And this was above the fold front page news to me because I had always been producing events where it was inside of a corporation for people who had to be there. We were paying their way and they didn't want to be there. And so it was such an, a fabulous dynamic for me to take what I was passionate about, which is events, and then drop into an environment where everyone was passionate about being at the event. <laughs> and it was just life-changing, not only because Brendan Richard is absolutely phenomenal at producing events, but just being in the room with other people who were striving for more, who were perhaps at that spot in their lives where they're like, gosh, I think it's time for a change. And they were kind of using that event as a, a place to make those big decisions about where their life's going to go. And I know for me, it meant as the, as a result of that event, I ended up within less than 12 months leaving the corporate career I'd been at for over 16 years leaving the Midwest, which I'd lived in for almost, almost 40 years and moving my family across the country to country to Oregon and starting my own business. I mean, just wild what's possible with a transformative event. There's just so much power there. And that's when I decided, you know, I'm going to take my passion for events and my newfound passion for this entrepreneurial space and combine them and serve serve those folks oh yeah yeah Brandon Bouchard is quite amazing I've done a number of his not obviously live but um online stuff and he's just his story right I love his story and I think that is something you know live love laugh and 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 live your life is is his, is his motto and yeah I think live events are are coming back obviously over the last couple of years. I oh, think yeah. definitely have felt the impact of not having that connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, like one of the first real live events um, that I attended was Lori Harder's Bliss Project in California in 2019. Oh, wow. And it, it, it was 
just like you said, right? The energy, the people who actually want to be there. Um, And so I think what you're doing, especially right now, getting the world sort of back to normal is going to be so helpful for people. So in your corporate, um, your corporate life, Mm-hmm. what you were doing those events and what kind of how was that like you said those are most of the time people that really don't really want to be there they're gone they've gone on the conference yes what what was that experience like how were you cultivating those type of events before now we'll, we'll get into talking about sort of what you're doing now but what were those like like how were you yeah. creating those I didn't know that there was anything different though. So I didn't know that this whole creator, influencer, thought leader, expert, you know, author, speaker space existed. I know that sounds so naive, but when I was producing events inside of corporate America, I didn't know that there was another way of being. I hadn't met personal development yet. And so I was super passionate about doing what I was doing and loving almost every minute of it. I, I didn't, I just didn't know it could be even better. And so I was producing events for hundreds, sometimes thousands or sometimes a dozen people and mostly around the United States. And, and then once a year overseas for an incentive trip, um, I did help serve sales organizations. So they used events to celebrate too, which was so fun. And then we would do multi-day events that were very focused heavily on training and, and then also had uh, awards components to them to celebrate the prior year. So I was doing elaborate awards dinners and mm-hmm. sometimes we would do activities like golf days or spa days. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm just smiling because I was thinking of one of the activities we did once was go to um, New Orleans right around this time of year during Mardi Gras and we rented out a mansion for one of the parade nights and there was three parades that went by and we had all of this like and en- fun entertainment and food and then we had you could just walk out the front door of the mansion and stand on the street and watch these elaborate parades and I'd never been to New Orleans before that and it was just magical yeah. <laughs> I had always thought New Orleans was this this place for simply drinking, but <laughs> turns out there's so much more to it. And that was so fun. Yeah, I, I, a I lot, a like- lot of, lot of fun. And, and it was a good like, kind of proving ground, if you will, to learn all different aspects of event planning from managing room blocks to managing mm-hmm. air manifests and working with ground transportation and food and beverage and learning how to train people or keep them engaged they actually try and maybe listen and (laughs) staying you know retaining some of the information that we share and production gosh one of my favorite parts is working with creative and technical vendors to create kind of the big shows in the ballrooms that's fun fun I still do that today it's one of my favorite ways to get involved with with bigger events um is to act as an executive producer. And so, yeah, I, I still love to get in and like do the work because, and I don't think that'll ever stop, even though I coach <laughs> people now, I think it's just too much fun to have that rush of like actually being in the room where 
the buzz and the energy of all the people and they're just everyone's so excited to be there and to be together and like you said with the pandemic I think we missed out so much on that connection piece and it's why we go to events right is to feel that sense of connection and community like being a part of something bigger than ourselves and connecting with people who really resonate with us and in in person and learning new stuff content I I always like to say it's content community and connection really is where we go yeah in my in my other life um I worked in hospitality and um at a pretty popular uh, well-known resort here in Ontario for many years and um, I finished off my time there in the conference department and mm-hmm. doing that like being and again it was half the time it was corporations and people who didn't necessarily want to be there and the other time it was like yeah. this just they, they people wanted to be there because all, the resort was beautiful and they had all these other activities and it really was like such a an amazing way to serve people in such a way that filled yourself up I found like of course, you're always going to have the people that maybe are the ones that you can't, you can't please them. But you know that when you're bringing out the best that you have to offer in, in the experience, and that's what it's about the experience. I just loved, I loved that, that career and that aspect of bringing people together and the food and the beverage and having them decide what they're going to have. And so I love that you're so passionate about this. And so you, you mentioned at the beginning about, you know, within 12 months of going to see Brendan Burchard, you, you, you made this shift and it was like, wow, it's like you have this career, seven, 16, 17 years. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and a lot of people think like 12 months, a year, it's, it's not, it's not that long of a period of time. It's like, what really shifted you? What was it inside of you that was like, got to make this change. Yeah. I think the biggest one was awareness that other ways of living and being were possible. Mm -hmm. And then having a teacher like Brendan Burchard teach me that and encourage me to give myself permission to believe that it's possible for me. I think that's a big thing that we see that other people are living these lives and maybe have this awareness on our periphery that that owning your own business exists or that hosting your own events exists. But I think the disconnect is us believing that it's possible for us. And I think that's why I I love to hate Brendan Burchard because he gave me that confidence to start now at the same time did he package it up with um an awareness of how much work and how much fortitude it take to keep yeah. going because it's not all roses running your own business and getting it off the ground but it instilled that belief that it was possible and so I took the leap and it, it just seems so weird to me that I did it looking back because I, I mean, they're just, I had to have drank all of the Kool-Aid in the room that day, those four days, because it, it it's such a major shift. I mean, really to have always been a risk averse and staying in a job that I hated because I 
wanted to provide that stability for my family and always living in the Midwest where I did not like being cold, like anything above 20 degrees. I'm so happy, but so often it's like negative 20. It just doesn't bring me joy. I talk a lot about that with my kiddo now. Let's let's look through the lens of, does it bring us joy? Yeah. Um, (laughs) And if it's not, then let's go find something different and, or bring more of what does bring us joy into our lives. And Yes, it's just such a big shift that I made. I'm I I am surprised that it's possible to put yourself in a room and then have it happen that quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I didn't mention was then that was September. I also at that event learned that he had another four day seminar about building your own businesses a, a month later. So I went to that, and then at that one I learned that there was another four day seminar the next month on speaking public speaking so I went to that so I spent like 12 days with the course of three months and then three months later he started that cycle again and I took my husband to the personal development event because I'm like okay so what I did in September is now happening again it's March and we need to go because I'm thinking of (laughs) big changes and I want you to get a sense for what this was like and and just feel out of like, am I crazy that there's magic inside of a room? And what a gift for us as entrepreneurs to be able to provide that type of transformational experience to our guests. And we hold the key. Like all of our, the people that are in our community are just waiting for us to believe in ourselves enough to say, yep, I could be that person for them and, and host something, whether it's five or 50 or 500, like, um, that you have the ability to, to gather those people. And like, it's just, it's unique to you because, you know, as an entrepreneur, you, you gather a community of people that's just like, they're all like, they're all going to like each other because they're, you know, they're liking what you're putting out. And so I think when, and they want to get together with each other. Like, wouldn't it be fun if Rob and Kim put together an event, which they do. They do. <laughs> and we both went because, I mean, I would love to go and hang out with Rob and Kim, but at the same time, I would love to go and hang out with you. Right. Yeah. So uh, I think that's a beautiful piece of creating our own communities is virtually is because then they're getting to know one another as well as getting to know you and then when it's time to put on the event, everyone's that much more likely to want to sign up and show up because they they want to hang out with not just you, but also everyone else in the community. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, so much in there that I want to just question about. Like, first of all, it really is about getting in the room, right? You Getting in the room to feel that collective energy because, yes, this Zoom... Mm-hmm. These modalities and these new technologies are great, but there is something about the connection when you're actually face to face and you can, you know, hug people and and feel the energy in mm-hmm. such a different manner. And I just yeah. love that, you know, like I said, going to the Bliss Project was really the beginning of sort of my this journey as well for me. And that was 500 women all you know, same thing, wanting something more, knowing inside that there was something different, yeah. that you could do it differently. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned you took your husband, 
And so within that time period, were you still in, were you still in the Midwest when? Yeah, I'm still in the Midwest, still in corporate America, but we were starting to have conversations like maybe we should move. Maybe we should consider changing our jobs. And I just, I wanted to have, have him have that experience too. And I, I would encourage everyone who's listening right now that if you haven't put yourself in a room to experience what we're talking about, that you do it and you do it sooner than later. It yeah. was interesting. I had joined, um, I had found Brendan Burchard on YouTube and mm-hmm. like in early 2016, and I didn't end up in his ballroom until September of 2017. Mm-hmm. And so it's a year and a half. And in that time, I purchased one of his courses and I didn't even know it, but I had his monthly membership, coaching <laughs> membership and talking about using things that we have that we don't even know yeah. what we have. Yeah. And uh, it took that long for me to have awareness of, wait, I'm now part of a community and this community gets together in person and it's a thing. And to even know that there was a room available that I could go be in. Yeah, it, it took a while for me to have to, to be aware. Cause I didn't, I didn't know about this whole thought leader expert economy where it's, it's available to us, like a, a niche community that, that serves exactly what you're looking for is available to you right now. <laughs> and uh, I just didn't realize that it was a thing. And so it just, yeah, I took a yeah full year and a half of, of before I was aware that there was a room that was welcoming and waiting for me. Mm-hmm. I think that, that a lot of people aren't, um, but yeah, I mean, even though we're, it's 2023 and the, the internet is amazing and all these like social media, there's still like, if you're, if you're not aware or the, the knowing inside, like you've got to be at that stage first to say, Hey, wait a minute. Like this is, this job is no longer serving me. And yeah. funny, my husband and I just had that conversation last night because yeah. it, I, I am very grateful for the career that I have had. And I'm starting 23 years in policing in September and again, not that I'm not grateful, but I've definitely outgrown that. And that's why this sort of new world of development and entrepreneurship has really, like, I've, it, I've really gone all into that because I'm like, there's something more that I can serve, how I can serve differently. But you've got to be at that awareness first, right? That yeah. that there's something, something different. I, I'm glad you brought that up because... I met, you know, personal development through Brendan's YouTube videos in 2016, but not, not long after that, I was introduced to Marie Forleo's space and B school where she teaches entrepreneurship probably within the same month, really. And, and then uh, I had this uh, friend reach out within another month uh, isn't the universe, you know, <laughs> interesting and in how it works. Yeah. And they were in a network marketing company. And so we had a chat and I ended up joining because I was like, well, it totally makes sense to, to fund one startup. My event, like I, at that point, I was like, I think I'm supposed to start my own business, like maybe a boutique event planning firm. And, and then 
presented with network marketing, I was like, oh yeah, I could just make money with network marketing and it would feed my event planning business. Um, don't build, don't build two bridges at the same time. It never works. <laughs> it's, it'll, it'll only take longer to get where you're going. But so I spent about a year in this like divert, you know, just like off on a totally different path, not going where I wanted to go, but I'm so incredibly grateful for that experience because it put me in a lot of Zoom meeting rooms and even in-person meeting rooms with women who kind of looked and sounded a lot like me, uh, were aspirational and kind of smart cookies like me. And it raised my aspirations for myself and made me think and believe that I was made for more. And that was even before I got in Brenda Burchard's room. Um, I I think it was preparing me to be open and Mm -hmm. for him to really solidify that in me. But I'm always grateful for that time because it really, it really opened me up to show me what was possible to just like that next step, you know, to be a a six figure uh, employee, but then to be in a room with entrepreneurs who were multi six figure business owners, just like that next tiny step up. I mean, we're not talking about millionaires or multimillionaires at that point, but just that next step that wasn't that big of a jump that it didn't feel impossible to me. And in fact, me just seeing that there was other women who had decided to try something different and were successful just made me awake to the possibility that that could be my path too. Mm. Yeah, because when you, every little thing, right? And we only can be open enough when we allow that next step. Mm-hmm. And so I like the way that you sort of describe that because it's like you, you, you have to believe it. And sometimes when you see others who've gone before you, right? That's why we encircle and surround ourselves with the people who are doing the things that we desire or who are where we're at and not feel like it's a jealousy, but it's like inspirational, like you said, and say possible for them. So now you've raised your, your internal belief of saying, Hey, I can do this too. It's possible for me. So I think that's right. That's so huge because limiting beliefs and the, well, I'm not good enough and I'm not smart enough can really, and I, I, look at myself and sometimes say, well, why am I not where I desire to be? But then I go, I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be on the path because I'm creeping up the, the ladder every time I experience something new. Yeah. I love that you touched on jealousy there for a moment and inspiration. And I think it was, it was really transformational for me when I changed the language, changed how I named what I was feeling. So mm-hmm. instead of, uh, I am super jealous of Leanne's hair <laughs> to be like, oh, I like, I'm inspired by having like long, like beautiful wavy hair. And so I want to, you know, remember that next time I have the opportunity to like actually do my hair in the morning that I would want it to look like hers. Like that it's like, it's, it's inspiration. It's like, it's like, let's go put that on the Pinterest board. So we know like, that's what we're aiming for next time. 
Yeah. And I think when I renamed jealousy to inspiration, I mean, it's, it's just moments during our day when we're like, I want more of that. You know, I, I stop every time I'm at a florist to smell the roses, literally mm-hmm. at that is like, I'm not like jealous of the other people who are taking home armfuls. It's a reminder. It's like the universe telling me, Sarah, you love flowers. So start buying them and bring them into your own home. (laughs) So I I think we need to be, be more aware of those moments that are everywhere and our little just clues that we're supposed to pick up and just jot down in our phone or on our notebook because they're showing us the dream life that we want to build and run after. Yeah, I think and our emotions, right? How we feel, that's those are the clues. It's like it's funny, I was just out on my walk this morning and I was as I was like just taking in, it's still a little chilly here, but it's like beautiful out today. And I was like, I feel so good. And it's like, those are the clues, right? It's like that game you used to play as a kid. Are you hot? Are you getting hotter to the where the thing is? Or are you getting colder? It's like, I feel great. I'm, I feel so good today. That means I'm closer in, to what I want to achieve on a daily basis. And when your emotions take you back and you're not feeling so great, like you're moving further away than where you're supposed to be. So what, what limiting beliefs did you sort of in that period before, like you're, you put yourselves in these rooms and then you finally make this shift, you move, you, you, you leave the job, the safe job. Yeah. What limiting belief did you, or beliefs did you have to sort of overcome to really, really make that move? The, the big one that I'm working on every single day, and I'm so much further along than where I was is self-worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, believing I'm worthy of picking up all of those moments of inspiration that are around me and then going out and creating them for me I and not for somebody else. So, so I, I was always in an event planning role that was kind of like chief of staff. So I was always the person that's it's, there was their, my job to make somebody else like look good and um, to support their mission. And so I think having to getting to move past that, that yes, I, my love language is helping people, but you know, it's, it's time to also love myself mm-hmm. and loving yourself means honoring that you, you know, I too have desires to make way more money than I'm making to serve, serve people directly to, you know, all the things and just believing that, uh, mm-hmm. all of those moments where I didn't, I felt worthless growing up and in my job, in my corporate America job, like that, that I can move past them, set them aside and decide that, you know, that's, that's the past and we're moving forward. We're, we're a different person who believes yeah. and is just full of worth and worthy. And um, yeah, that, that's the big one. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel that I resonate with that so much because that's something that just recently I mean, we always know, like innately, we know what it is, 
that's holding us back, right? That we choose consciously or subconsciously to sabotage ourselves or push it down. And that really is something that I just came to the realization that I was like, but I'm just a small town girl. Like these beliefs, like nobody from my town has ever made the amount of money that I desire to make or done this sort of thing that I desire to do. Mm-hmm. And, and understanding that it's like, but I'm, but I'm not that little girl anymore. And sort of having self-compassion for her and saying, you're safe, but you are worthy. And I, oh my gosh, what you just said, like I resonate so, so much with all of that. And just knowing, right, that, yeah, you're worthy of having this dream life. And that's obviously what connected us through Bob and Kim because they, they are living proof of their dream life and how they created the life that they desire. So let's talk about events because I am going to an event in September and it's a smaller sort of intimate there's not going to be like hundreds of people it's good it's going to be smaller so I would love for you to share like what is it that where do people start like if they're like just wanting like me and just starting this journey mm-hmm. where can they start hosting a, a live event yeah well so first I would say be cultivating a community you know, they always say to always be list building. And I couldn't agree more because until you gather the people, like there, you know, there's no people for the room. And so I think I'll, I'll, t- I'll cue you in on a little secret that every single entrepreneur struggles with two things when they're hosting events. The first is filling it. And it doesn't matter if you're Russell Brunson and trying to get 6,000 people into the room at Funnel Hacking Live, or you're a retreat host and you're trying to get 10 into an Airbnb, everyone struggles with filling the room. So we just know that that's that's a thing. (laughs) And so that, and then the, the thing that you can do to help remedy that thing is always be working on building your, your list and keeping your community warm, talking to them regularly, like with your podcast and in emails and on social media, that will do wonders when you it comes time for you to go and make the ask for them to show up live for you, whether that's live in a, a Zoom or that's live in an Airbnb or in a hotel ballroom. It's, it's an ask. It's a big ask. To ask somebody to give their most valuable resource, which is time. And so we want to make sure that they feel connected to us and connected to each other. So that's a big thing. The second thing entrepreneurs struggle with, it, it, it really doesn't matter what level they're playing at, is mindset. It's that, that imposter syndrome coming up. It was like, who am I to build my own stage? and and gather people and so we just have to be aware that that's a thing and like (laughs) move it to the side and step up but then I say the first step is to picture it is to really cast your vision of why times two so why are you doing this for your business for you and why are you doing this for the community answer those two like take some time to journal on it. And then 
uh, I like to say the the next thing to to journal on in that kind of picture it phase is what are you building? And that's maybe you've gone to another an event and something's caught your eye as something that you would love to do or not do. Like that's important stuff to to get down on paper. And then the third thing under picture it, that first phase is, is who do you want in the room? It's like, what's that perfect person? What, what are the, who are the type of people that are a right fit for this thing that you're creating this experience? And so when you can journal and get clear on that, I think that is your first, your first step. Yeah, I think that's with any kind of right now, like any kind of entrepreneurial journey, right? You have to build that audience, the people that are, yeah, they're just going to want to watch everything and see everything that you're doing. Mm -hmm. But also it's like knowing that you have to know who that is. Yeah. Um, And so do you, in your business right now, are you serving a specific Mm -hmm. type of people or a larger groups like how yeah. are you so I specifically serve digital CEOs so CEOs who have digital products so perhaps it's a course or an ebook or a membership or it's coaching mm-hmm. or it's um it's just anything that's more community digital based mm-hmm. and I serve the ones who like to use events as a key component of their ascension model. So maybe they use events to get people into their world, or maybe they use events Mm -hmm. to kind of move people from that lower ticket uh, course or membership into their higher ticket, maybe group coaching or mastermind events are magical for, for that. So I, yeah, I definitely work with, um, those online business owners who have digital products and use events as a point of scale. Amazing. Yeah. And they can, you can use them at, like you said, from the, the low ticket into the mid to the high. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I just, you look at like, again, Brendan, he's obviously there's event, those events that he has and then he sells other, the higher ticket stuff. Uh, during that. Yeah, they're, they're great. Tra- like they're great for the transition yeah. between between levels of service that you offer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so again, we've already sort of talked about uh, what it is, what live event that already, you know, changed you and has put you into this sort of new world of entrepreneurial online. And when you're dealing like with your clients, is it, does it come back to more mindset, getting them to believe that they can actually do this? Or is it sort of the um, where, what, when, what kind of event? Or is it a combination when you're trying to get them to solidify what it is that they actually want to create and put out in the world? It is a, it is a, it is a, a magical combination, actually, because I think people think that the obstacle is like, where would we have it? Or like, how do we afford it? And just more logistically logistical stuff like that but it it actually is way more mindset than it is i think i think we we actually hide behind the how when Mm -hmm. it's something that 
we are mentally feeling like not prepared to make that leap. Yeah. And so, yeah, it, we can, we can work on the how, yes. But I think I was, was working with a client recently and I actually attended their event to observe and see, well, what is it that is kind of keeping this person playing small? Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. they have a couple thousand people at their event, but they want to have five or 10,000 people at their event. And what I noticed was it's a a leadership problem. It's a belief that, uh, like I I said afterwards, I said, if I I was going to give you one piece of advice and I have like several pages, but if, if I were to just only be able to give you one, it would be this is that you have not fully stepped into the vision of where you're going and what it is that you're building this, this dream, you know, like five, 10,000 person event. And because you haven't fully stepped into that, a vision, like you're not believing that it's possible. You're not totally clear on what it is. Your team can't follow and can't get on board with making the, the energy and the effort and the the support that you need to make that happen. They're just not on board because they're not, they're not clear. And, yeah. and they're not, you know, I think, I think our, t- our teams are around us wanting to make us look good and do an amazing job for us. But when we as the leader aren't clear on what it is we're going after and why like we can't enroll them in that vision. I mean, it's like if, anybody's ever um uh as a parent tried to you know like had a vision for where the family is going that day and needed to enroll the children in that same vision so that they're not like you know laying flat out screaming about whatever (laughs) it is that they don't want to do you know like I think you you know you you've been there too where you just need to be clear on on the why and and the what so that you can get everybody on board and excited enrolled in that vision and all kind of charging in the same direction. Mm. I think, yeah, everything comes down to leadership, right? It really, um, I've seen this theme recently a lot um, within my circles about you're not where you want to be because you're not showing up as the leader that you need to be. And you're hiding a little bit, right? You're not playing all out. And I know that's for me personally, and that's really shifted this week and a few things that have happened. And it's like, I have this vision, mm-hmm. but I'm not putting it out enough to to attract the people that I know want the vision as well. And want to help you. Yes. Because <laughs> sometimes we're a leader of a team of one. Yes. And and we need to enroll ourselves in that vision. And so we need to do all the things that our future self would be doing with the big team, but we need to be doing it for one right now. So maybe that means a written plan for the day so that maybe that means like journaling. Maybe that means going for the run or drinking the green drink. You know, it's, it's all that stuff stacks and is like just massive signs to the universe that, like, yep, you're a leader, you know where you're going and why, and you're on the path. And then the universe can start bringing you 
all of the things, you know, like it just seems like magic that the people yeah. show up and the answers come to us, but it's, it happens once we decide to step up into a leadership role into our, in our own lives, know that we have, we have the power within us <laughs> to make all that big stuff happen, but we got to get started. Yeah. And that, I think, as a solo, just starting a solo entrepreneur, starting without that team, right? Mm -hmm. It takes a little, a lot more intention Mm -hmm. to, like you said, you got to, you've got to, you've got to envision that future version of you and show up as her Mm -hmm. or him and say, this is the vision. This is why this is, this is what I desire. And then actually show up as that person every day, keeping the promises to yourself. Yes. Um, but I like where you said at the, before all of that, you have to decide mm-hmm. to decide that you're worthy of it and know that you're worthy of it. Yes. Mm. So good. Yeah. I just so- got a habit tracker app on my phone about a month and a half ago because I decided that there's certain habits that I want to have in my life that are, you know, like my future self is going to thank me for. And so I created, like, I just gamified it. I just put it on my phone in an app so I can get confetti when I complete the things Uh, (laughs) each day. And, you know, so I feel good, but it's also just keeping me on track and Mm -hmm. I absolutely love it. It's been so fun. (laughs) And I like what you just said there about the confetti because celebrating and celebrating our wins, celebrating our accomplishments, Mm -hmm. even if the ego mind says it's just small it's not a big deal right so you don't need to really share it or celebrate it but those things compounded right like you said those daily habits that you are going to celebrate every day are the things that are going to keep you going the next day like I felt so good and I appreciated myself and celebrated so guess what I want to have that exact same feeling today so guess what I'm going to do it again Yes, we do it around the dinner table at night. Ask people, you know, around my family dinner tables, what what are you celebrating from today? What's a win? And also, I I started, and I'm laughing, but I know I'm 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 thrilled about this new practice I started. I I give myself a gold star. Like I actually got a sheet of gold star stickers, and in my journal every day, I write down what I'm proud of. And I give myself a gold star sticker next to each thing that I put on there and I'm laughing, but also it's fun. <laughs> it is fun though. And that, that right there, like we all, we, we take ourselves so seriously. We take our job seriously, but it's like, at the end of the day, you've got to, if you don't have any fun, what is, what is the point of it all? Like right. there's a time to be serious, but adding in the joy, like you said, right at the beginning, right? Like you wanted to find more joy. You don't like minus 20 weather. Neither do I. And yet I'm still here, right? Like there's things that I have to do right now in this season of my life to find the joy mm-hmm. where I am and look to the, to something else and know that tomorrow it will be different or tomorrow it will be something even better to be joyful about. So you yeah. You don't have to fun. leave your state or city yeah. in order to find joy and be more loving of yourself like it's available to you right now today yeah I love the, the gold star I mean I just remember as a kid right you'd go to school and you'd get the gold stars on your papers and like oh yeah that 
pretty sure it's a long time ago, but I'm pretty sure that made me feel really good. I still deserve stickers. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to get myself some gold stars. I also have um, what I just started is the done board mm. rather than the to-do list. Like I always have three sort of main tasks every day that I want to achieve because I figured out over this period of my life. It's like, I, if you overload and you have the list as long as your arm, then you never appreciate or celebrate the ones that you do get done. Right. So the tasks that I get done, the three tasks, my non-negotiables, mm-hmm. and then it's like this done board. What did I do today? Oh, I did this. Oh yeah, I did that. Oh yeah, I did more than I actually had thought I was going to get done. And again, it builds that confidence and that feeling of, I know I can do it again tomorrow. Yeah. So good. What? Um, just because coming from corporate America into your own job, everybody talks about, you know, they want to become an entrepreneur because it's like, oh, I'll have more time freedom. And a lot of people end up working more hours. Yeah. So what is your, what are your thoughts on working hard? And I say hard with quotes because everybody has a different version of that, but working and hustling and grinding versus the working in alignment. Mm. It's actually a sweatshirt I was wearing yesterday said <laughs> had hustle and it was crossed out and then had the word align. Oh, I love it. One of my love favorite it. teachers is James Wedmore and he then yes. teaches. Okay. So what could I share there? Uh, well, I will be honest and say there's plenty of times where I've still worked more than or harder than I did in corporate America. And I didn't think that was possible, but it is. Yeah. And I, I'm not saying that's right. Then I'll also say that so in corporate America, it's it's all about kind of when did you arrive and when did you leave? Not really what did you get accomplished mm-hmm. in that day? And I will say that when you own your own business, it is more about what you accomplished because that's the stuff that moves the needle and moves your you closer to your goal. And that feels good to like get and gives you, you know, the possibility of giving yourself a gold star for the day. And so... I think you get much more focused on quality over quantity. And what I've noticed is because I was, it's actually been really challenging to move from the mindset of being an employee Mm -hmm. to the mindset of being a CEO. And one thing that I would share that's been helpful is that I learned that because it's my business in my life, I get to make the rules. I'm in charge. So it's my game now and I make the rules. And so if a work day looks like four hours instead of eight hours, because that is a better fit to allow me to be able to get a workout in and pick up and drop off from school and make dinner and do all the things, right? To, that it's okay. And giving myself that permission has been very, very challenging, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but we can do hard things. But when I learned and started hearing more entrepreneurs kind of share really successful ones, how many hours a day that they work and hearing that it was different than eight, (laughs) which was, you know, what you have to do in a corporate job, right? 
so unwinding from that and allowing, giving myself permission that it, it really isn't about the amount of time I spend sitting at this desk. It's about what I get accomplished while I'm there that I can spend eight hours just, you know, polishing something that doesn't need polishing or I can spend four hours doing something that's actually going to move the needle. It's a big, big difference. So I think we have to do a lot more growing uh, from a, a personal development standpoint in order to do this type of work. I never expected that. <laughs> and yeah, it's been the hardest pill to swallow, but it's so worth it. There's there's a lot of undoing um yeah. I think, right? When you make that shift. And I know that I've even just last night where I knew I had to get a Zoom link to you, I had to send a couple other emails mm-hmm. and my husband and boys are upstairs and they come down like, Are you coming? Like we're playing a game. I'm like, Can I? Yes, I want to, but this is really important right now. Like it needs to, it needs something that needs to be done to move the needle. And so setting those boundaries, but not, but making everyone understand that in the long run, like this is a temporary thing, right? So the spending of the time sort of in different hours, like you said, it's not the nine to five, like I work shift work anyway, but it's like understanding that I have to, the quality of that I'm going to do right now for the next hour mm-hmm. is worth having spent five hours sitting at the desk. So I love, I love the way that you explain that. It's, it won't always be like at the beginning. Yeah, you might be juggling uh, a full-time uh, job and starting your own thing. And so it's not going to look like working, you know, <laughs> two hours a day or whatever, No, but know that it's possible and know that every day you can start putting in systems and processes to, to get yourself there. You know, I think hiring my first assistant last year was like a big step, but knowing that I don't have to do it all, Mm -hmm. giving myself permission is a pretty cool feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Giving yourself permission. It's right. You play the role, you make the rules. I love that. So you've already mentioned, you know, you've got your habit tracker and I know that you spend a lot of time outside in nature. And so what is that really how you find the harmony? Because I don't really mm-hmm. adhere to the balance, like work-life balance mm-hmm. or to like the harmony because everything is sort of more in flow. So how do you find that in your life? Well, I do think landing here in the Pacific Northwest for this time when I'm building this business has been a huge gift because the amount of adventures available to me and the um, the amount of adventures and the the variety and how easy they are to access is amazing. And so I'm able to take myself out of the office on a weekend and go to the, the ocean and just feel completely disconnected and recharge. And I think that's been probably the biggest gift is having the opportunity to go on massive adventures and they're right outside my door and so easy and they feel like I'm a world away from where I'm at and that has helped tremendously because it's not easy for me to turn off my brain and step away especially when the office is at home and when the mission and the dream is so big 
So mm-hmm. I just, I don't, uh, and I think you agree like with the same philosophy from a family standpoint, like I just really believe in creating magical memories, like, and, and amazing experiences for my family that like, it's my, my job. Yeah. And so I don't like to let a week pass when we haven't gone and experienced something new and amazingly cool. Mm. And, and that really helps like fill my cup and force me to like put down the work. Cause it'll still be mm. there the next day. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Right. And I just had, again, like, I don't know if it's, I know we just had a full moon, but it's like, I've had so many sort of Mm-hmm. if it is this week but it's like I realized my oldest is 13 and it's like when you you compact time it's like you could be gone in five years yes. like what yes. the hell are we doing like and that's where my approach is like yeah there's a time and a place to be doing the things like to do like the list like sure you know I like a clean house but the priority is spending time and I actually enjoy spending time with my husband and my children and doing that. We've yes. spoken about it before where it's like, little ones. they are, and I can't even like the fact that they're nine and 13 already. It's like, we, we camp every summer, you know, we, we go away on the weekends and we go to my parents that live, you know, in Northern Ontario. And we do those things because before we know it, another five years will have passed. So I just, I think creating those memories like you said but creating them through these events where people connect in such yes, it's a gift high vibe. To give our communities yeah I think what you're doing is, is so upheld so yeah I would just love for you quickly Sarah before we head off to um let people know where we can find you and follow you oh sure so Instagram's probably the best place I'm hanging out there every day and it's at Sarah Fafer and also, you can listen on my podcast over at Green Room Central, and it's available everywhere you get your podcast. Awesome. I will make sure that I put all of that in the show notes. I appreciate you for getting up so early, and um, I just uh, will share it all. Thank you so much for connecting today. Oh, it's been a pleasure and a joy to be here with you. Thank you so much for being here with me today. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe and share it with someone who you think would love it too. And a five-star review helps get the Spiritual Shipper podcast out to those that need it most. I can't wait to connect with you online, so make sure you follow me on Facebook at The Spiritual Shipworker and on Instagram at Lianne Magahi. It's time to enjoy the shift, one breath at a time.